the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With your hosts, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges of today's church, and we are live, live. We want to hear from you tonight. Our phone lines are open. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We want to hear from you. Well, you may or may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land and territories, but it is a war to capture and influence the hearts and the minds of our society. It is a cultural war. And tonight we bring you part seven in our series talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but can lead us in the wrong direction, away from God and our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Well, for the answer to this question and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uplifting and challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. We trust that you're going to be blessed tonight in a mighty way, so we want to encourage you to get your pens and paper and Bibles and get to a table where you can take some good notes and be blessed. You know, our text has been in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, and where it talks about it's high time to awake, and our title has been not woke up, but awaken up, because the Bible doesn't use the word woke, but awaken. Now, by way of introduction, let me say uh, something about this important point that we're going to, uh, subject that we're going to be talking about uh, tonight. Uh, over the past few years, the language of council culture has become more challenging and real in our society. Uh, social media platforms are cluttered with uh, hashtags, campaigns urging us to counsel everyone or declare that they are over and done. Whether the context is religious, politics, sports, entertainment, business, no one seems safe from the reach of the so-called council culture movement today. However, many people are increasingly becoming very weary 
and troubled by it. When asked about cancel culture in a recent interview, comedian Dave Chappelle uh, said, quote, I hope, I hope we all survive it, close quote. Dave Chappelle passing comments points to a growing awareness that a movement that might have begun with good intentions has taken on a life of its own, resulting in a variety of severe consequences. Now, uh, we come to this number seven uh, question, what is cancel culture? That's an important question. Uh, definition. Let me give you a definition of this uh, cancel culture the best I can. Uh, cancel culture refers to the culture created by people despising biblical correction and conservative values and views. It is a byproduct that involves swiftly removing people from places of influence, boycotting churches or businesses in response to their breaking political correct rules, according to them. Christians have been targeted by cancel culture before going back to the time of Jesus and his disciples and is still going on today. It's nothing new. When people talk about cancel culture, no, you it goes all the way back to the time of Jesus. Uh, and uh, they dealt with uh, people trying to counsel the gospel. Question, how should we as Christians respond to cancel culture from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Now, we believe in giving reasons and answers for the Christian faith, and that's why we're dedicated to this apologetic scripture, 1 Peter 3 and 15, be ready always to give an answer or a defense, and that's what we are committed to. And I want to share with you, uh, with this uh, seventh uh, point, uh, I want to get into seven vital points about cancer, uh, cancel culture. Uh, and uh, I want to say, number one, uh, cancel culture has a non-Christian and demonic view of accountability. That's number one. Cancel culture encourages people to coordinate efforts to silence sh these three S, silence, shame, and sideline an institution or individuals on account of views, opinions, beliefs that someone has a difference from theirs. Cancel culture also encourages people to withdraw their support from and actively opposing figures and organizations that step outside what the mainstream of society thinks is socially acceptable. Cancel culture is an attempt to hold people with large audiences, platforms accountable when they do or say bad things against them. Cancel culture carries with it a very dark demonic side and view of accountability. But, and this is dealing with this number one point under the seven points that will be mentioned with this cancel culture. But the biblical view of accountability is completely different from the cancel culture because God has created all of us to be uh, first accountable to him and secondly accountable to each other. And this is clearly revealed in his word. And with that biblical accountability, God created all of us with volitional choice 
and freedom to choose him, and he doesn't force us to choose him or follow him. The council culture doesn't see things the way God does and wants to force you to believe one way or the highway. Now, we need to make it clear to council culture that they're not thinking the way God thinks. They're not acting the way God has revealed truth in the word of God. And we need to confront them with being uh, accountable to the word of God and what God's nature reveals about himself and Christ. And we are to have the mind of Christ and we are to be people uh, of freedom and flexibility uh, in Christ. Now, number two, council culture doesn't understand the biblical view of forgiveness. Uh, council culture doesn't understand the biblical view of forgiveness. They lack true principles of forgiveness. They hold unforgiveness to anyone who holds a different view, opinion, perspective from them. And they are willing to have a capital punishment attitude on the reputation of anyone who holds religious, political, cultural beliefs deemed offensive to them. Now, Jesus, even on the cross, in the face of religious, political, cultural beliefs different from him, in the face of all of those differences, oh, this is an important point, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, in Luke 23 and 34, Luke 23 and 34. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Council culture doesn't think like that. They want to uh, not forgive people. They want to banish them. This is not a Christian attitude. Now, these are some apologetic points that you need to make note of so you can present these points. Now, also in Matthew 6 and 15, but if Jesus said, but if you do not forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Uh, cancer culture, uh, this is a really important point. Uh, people truly do not know, nor has experienced God's principle of forgiveness, nor do they want it the way God wants to lay it out. You got to be truly born again from above to understand the concept of forgiveness from Christ. We pray for them that they'll understand it this way. Now, number three, Christians should not be surprised. Now, listen to this carefully. Christians, this is number three, Christians should not be surprised when their churches, ministries, or beliefs are the objects of severe criticism and outrage from the world around us today. According to recent research, and listen to this, according to recent research, only 6% of Americans hold a biblical worldview, which means most Americans do not think about biblical issues uh, such as Christian marriage, Christian celibacy, and uh, many other biblical points. And this is so important for us to bring out. But uh, we who hold to and retain biblical worldview and are increasingly viewed by our society and the world as being different, old-fashioned, even dangerous and evil. Now, this is uh, something 
that we need to let the world know that we're trying to put out evil, not trying to be evil. Uh, now, number four, number four, uh, a Christian, Christians should expect to face persecution and opposition for holding views in alignment with the Bible. Let me say that again. Christians should expect to face persecution and opposition for holding views in alignment to the Bible. You know, our lives are an occupational hazard when it comes to the world around us. Question, why do I say that? Jesus forewarned us, all of his disciples, that there would be a persecution and opposition to those who follow him. In Jesus' final days and final conversation with his disciples, before being betrayed by Judas Iscariot, Jesus said in John 15 and 18, if the world hates you, know that it will also, it hated me before it hated you. Oh, that's so important. So important to know what Jesus said there. And the Apostle Paul affirms this by saying in 2 Timothy 3 and 12, all who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Wow, so important. The Apostle Paul also explains in Romans 9 and 33 and 1 Corinthians 1 and 23 that the gospel is a stumbling block and folly or foolishness in the eyes of the world. So in a nutshell, Christians should not be surprised when their biblical informed views are mocked and dismissed. Also, we also ought to uh, regularly examine ourselves against scriptures with scripture and make sure the reason we are being opposed is due to godly and not sinful behavior. Matthew 5 and 10 and 1 Peter 2 and 20. While the Bible challenges us and encourages us in holding evil accountability, we are Christians that should never ostracize or put down people in a non-Christian way because of their political correct views, which can often originate in the slanderous accusations. The Bible teaches in Ephesians 4 and 31 to let all bitterness and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Uh, so important. Now, what I'm gonna do is hold off on point number five and pick up with that next time. But let me just say this in conclusion. I'm going to say some things in conclusion. God has called upon us to be people of reconciliation, not cancellation. Now, make a note of that. God has called us to be people of reconciliation and not cancellation. That sounds alike, but we need to be in the first one, reconciliation. Bring men, no matter what their differences are, we should uh, be able to agree and disagree agreeably. You know, that's so important. Uh, the St. Augustine said, in the essentials, unity, non-essential, liberty, and all things, charity. So we need to realize that we need to be into reconciliation than cancellation. And so many people are more into cancellation than reconciliation. Now, let me close with uh, praying uh, for uh, those who are hearing this message and who want to be equipped 
and those who want to be delivered out of the dark places of what I'm talking about. Dear God, we come before you this evening, thanking you for the message and the messenger. Lord, if there's somebody listening to this message right now that's gone astray, get them back on the right track. If there's a prodigal son, prodigal daughter out there that's more into skin than sin, deliver them, Lord. We know that there's a toehold, foothold, and stronghold on people, and warfare is huge today. But we know that you're still in the business of freedom, deliverance, and you can make a man and woman, teenager, and child free if they turn to you. So we pray right now, Lord, that you would help them to come to the three R's. The first R, recognize that they're a sinner. The second R, repent of their sins. And the third R, receive you as their Savior and Lord. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell, and once again, our phone lines are open, and we do want to hear from you. We want to give you an opportunity to give us a call if you have questions or comments, if you need prayer. We're here to pray with you. We always want to encourage you that prayer should be your first response not your last resort. A lot of times things happen to us and we want to get on the phone and call uh, home or call the person down the street or call our best friend or whatever without even taking a moment to stop and pray and call upon the one who can really solve the problem, the one who can give you wisdom into this situation. And we need to call upon the Lord first. It's okay to get advice. It's okay to do those things, but Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek the Lord first, because he has all the resources. So we want to encourage you, be quick to pray. Prayer should, prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have always held us up in prayer here at Contending for the Faith. It's your prayers that keep us going. It's your prayers that have kept us on the air these many years. And it's your prayers that will keep us going into the future as well. So we want to encourage you to continue to pray for this ministry. And we also want to thank those of you who, over these many years, have partnered with us financially to keep this broadcast on the air. It's it's your dedication, it's your prayers, it's your generosity uh, that have kept us going. And so we want to encourage you, continue to pray, and as God enables you, please continue to give. There's two ways that you can donate. You can Number one, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. So we want to encourage you, we want to thank you, and continue to bless our ministry and many like it by your prayers and your giving. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go to the phones? Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we have Brother Rick 
holding on line one. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourselves? Oh, we're truly blessed as well. We trust that you got blessed by the word tonight. And what did you get out of it for yourself? It definitely was uh, very helpful to me tonight. It, oh, it's good. As a what? reminder, just to really be focused mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, I'm there, I'm there to help and not there to confront all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to be, I want to be in the spirit of being able to give the answers and do it in such a way that uh, it, it it, it reaches them. Mm-hmm. It may not happen all the time, but give it a chance. Amen, brother. Appreciate that. And that's what we're all about. We're trying to help people to give them reasons and answers so that they can give, pass on those reasons and answers to a lost world and a confused world. Well, uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, I, I was I was looking at I was thinking about something you know, especially with the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. Where in the Bible does it talk about the dignity of the unborn child in the womb? Besides Psalm one thirty nine, which is very well known. Yes, that's a very good question, brother Rick. Thank you for that that question, because most theologians uh, will use. Uh, an apologist will argue from Psalms 139 uh, that uh, there is life uh, in the womb before birth. And so uh, so they will use Psalm 139. That's the popular one. But I tell you, when you really look at the totality of Scripture, uh, there's other things in there, too, that's just as powerful. Uh, and what I'm going to do tonight is try to help uh, those who are listening who need help in this area besides yourself uh, with some other scriptures. Now, very seldom, and I want to encourage everybody to get their Bibles right now, because I'm a Bible preacher, and Gary is as well, and we're Bible-centered, so we want y'all to be Bible-centered with us. We don't uh, teach based upon tradition and rituals and emotions. We We teach from the Word of God and what thus says the Lord. So uh, I want to call your attention to uh, Leviticus uh, chapter uh, 17. Now, when people generally talk about life before birth, uh, they don't generally go to this scripture here, but this is one of the most powerful ones in the Old Testament. Somebody said, in the Old Testament, there's something? Yes. If you go to Leviticus uh, 17 and verse 11, and it says in Leviticus 17, verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. So what uh, uh, Moses is, is, is writing uh, here uh, and what God has revealed to him that there is life in the blood. So uh, when the sperm and egg meets and blood starts to form, uh, the scriptures here is talking about uh, there's life in the flesh of the blood. So very few people uh, connect that to, uh, you know, life in the womb. Now, there's one more that I'm going to give you uh, along with with that one, uh, which is, 
um, an, another popular one as well. If you go to Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one, and when uh, before John the Baptist was born, uh, we see here in Luke uh, chapter one, verses 39 through 41, that uh, it talks about in verse 41, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in, in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it talks about John the Baptist, uh, before he was born, he leaped in his mother's womb. That means that there was life for him to leap and move like that. So those are the two other scriptures that uh, I would bring out. And I think uh, Leviticus 17 and verse 11 is really powerful. And, and very seldom do I ever hear uh, pastors and ministers and apologists bringing this verse of scripture out. The, the life is in the flesh of the blood. So anyway, hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick, and that gave you some additional insight. Very new to me. Amen. Amen. You never correlated the Leviticus seventeen eleven to that point, have you? I'm 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 so I'm so I'm so I'm still trying to connect the dots with Leviticus seventeen eleven. Mm -hmm. I, I do under, I, I do understand John, John the Baptist sleeping in the womb of his mother. Mm -hmm. That's a very clear evidence. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, when you have everything forming inside a mother, there's blood cir circulating and everything like that in her system. So there's life in that fact. So when it says life in the flesh, in the blood, that's not only talking about uh, sacrifices, but it's talking about it's it's a more of a general uh, teaching here. It's uh, broader than just the altar itself. It's the, the Moses it's also is right. The blood, the, the blood is circulating throughout the uh, body. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is the throughout evidence the of life. Yeah, there's and, life. And the first uh, the first organ that uh, that symbolizes life is the heart. That's the it. of the heart. Yeah, and that's that's blood circulating. So this is a very good scripture on that. And the more you ponder on it and think about it and wrestle with it, it makes a lot of sense. But very few people correlate that to that we've been conditioned to maybe uh, with Psalms 139 and uh, John the Baptist, but very seldom does anybody bring out Leviticus 17 and 11, and it's, 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 it's just as There's powerful. There's a very scientific even... thing behind that. What's that again? It's very scientific. Yes. As well as biblical. And and biological. All Amen. together. All together. Well, do you have any prayer requests before we... Uh, keep keep praying go? around my health. Uh, next week, uh, next week, I'm not going to be with you folks. I'm going to be with my family. Mm -hmm. We're having a family dinner next Saturday. So, pray that I that things go well with my family as during my time I'm with them. Well, that's a good prayer request, and we know people can't be with us all the time, but uh, we'll have Brother Gary to pray around those prayer requests. Brother Gary. Well, all right. <clears throat> 
So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We continuously lift up his health to you in prayer, Lord God, that you would touch him and heal his body, strengthen him and encourage him always, and that the joy of the Lord would be his strength, Lord, as well, Lord God. And we pray for his family get together as they come together and have dinner, that you would give him favor in their sight, Lord God, that you would give him the words to say by the power of your Holy Spirit to be able to proclaim and declare the reality of the living and true God, that Jesus is their Messiah that they've been waiting for. And Lord God, that they would come into a saving knowledge of you. Lord God, we pray that the, the reunion would be peaceful and that there would be respect and love, 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 love would abound. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Brother Rick, for uh, being with us by phone and also asking such an important question that's so important for us today. All right, Brother Gary, we have any other callers? Yes, let's uh, go to Sophia. She's waiting. We've got four minutes before the break here. Sister Sophia, are you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. Uh, How you doing? Wonder- wonderful. I-, I was crying because I'm so happy Rick brought up that question, and you're you're absolutely right, Dr. Buckner. That's so important because you get women get a sonogram. The heartbeat is heard so early. I mean, there's no doubt, and it is the blood pulsing through the heart. But let me quickly get, so thank you for that. Um, I wasn't familiar. Um, the reason I'm calling is that I have very strong feelings. I don't know if I'm going to have time get to say it all but very strong feelings i was listening there's a big video that is out maybe you've heard it it's made it says can one man save the world and it's about Zelensky. and you know it really it, it rubbed me the wrong way we already know one man did save the world jesus he came here he's returning and the deification of Zelensky. now the, 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 it's horrible with war the ukrainian people are so so courageous and that's one thing but it, it makes me realize how easily we can be led into an Antichrist. I'm not saying Zelensky is an Antichrist, don't get me wrong. I'm saying how we can elevate. They don't want to hear about God. They don't want to talk about God, but they're willing to elevate a man. You know, now, I just want to say that obviously I grew up under Putin. He's a stone, kill, a stone killer. His father was as well, as, as well, so he was raised that way. Zelensky... We used to watch his show. I'm not going to say anything bad about him. He's leading his people. But we watched his show. He's not God. He had a drag queen show. Not drag queen, but he was in drag. He has a mansion in Florence, Italy, in Miami Beach. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But there are oligarchs and a lot of anti-Semitism. I'm a Jew in Ukraine also. But that does nothing to do with the suffering of the Ukrainian people and the courage of the Ukrainian people. But I don't like this. It makes me nervous that we're so quick to, to elevate him. Bono did it, elevate him to God's status. So I wanted your opinion on that. Amen. Well, that's a very good question uh, on that. You know, uh, Sophia, this is something that is very old, and it goes all the way back to Genesis uh, chapter 3, oh. uh, when the enemy... Uh, infiltrated into the Garden of uh, Eden, and he literally told our foreparents, if you eat of this fruit, you'll become as gods, knowing good and evil. So Satan has been uh, programming and conditioning people from the very beginning to bite that 
satanic sandwich and they've been biting it and people have been biting ever since you know and uh, it has been uh, a historical thing going back from genesis all the way to the present day and you got uh, cults today uh, you got mormons that teach this the deification you got uh people involved with uh you know various other religions uh, that uh, teach us the New Age movement, teach that people can become gods, the Nation of Islam, teach this, and uh, it goes on and on and on. Uh, but I believe, you mentioned the word Antichrist, I believe that this is a conditioning, uh, that the uh, Satan is conditioning people's minds and programming it so that when the man of sin, the, the Antichrist come, they will be so programmed to uh, and deifying uh, other men that when he comes on the scene, uh, he'll fit right into uh, what's going on today. So it's no surprise to see that people are doing that with Zelensky and others uh, in cults and false religions. And you got uh, that happening because everything is a programming and conditioning before the man of sin, the son of perdition come. And Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says he sits in the temple claiming to be God. See, so what he's going to do right now, there's a spiritual warfare going on where people are being duped by this, programmed by this. So when he comes, it'll just be an easy transitioning for him. So we need to pray for uh, Zelensky and pray for the people and pray for other people that they'll come to know the only one true God. And our communication with them is to let people know from an apologetic standpoint and be able to use scripture with that, that the Bible teaches that there is only one true God. Jesus said that, only one true God. And of course, you need to demonstrate that uh, in uh, Isaiah 43 and 10. God says, before me, there was no God formed, neither after me. And it's clear in uh, Deuteronomy as well as in Timothy, that God makes it very clear through his writers that there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So we need to emphasize the one God and say there's only one God. And uh, if you don't come to know him, and the, 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 not only the one God, but one way, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, then you can be lost throughout eternity. So hopefully uh, that uh, feedback has kind of helped you out somewhat. Well, uh, in, very quickly, that is exactly why um, I, I, I will not miss contending for the faith and why it's so crucial, because you're right. That we, we have to answer all of this with biblical um, knowledge and the, of the Word of God, and you do that every week. So thank you so much for that, because it's not to be angry at anybody. It's not, I do pray for Zelensky, I pray for even Putin, I pray for everybody. But it, we have to convince people, we have to tell them what you just said. There's only one God. So maybe people can be saved when, when the Antichrist does come. So thank you, and God bless you both. God bless you, too. Yeah, emphasize that one God and stay with it and be able to demonstrate it from the Bible. And anything other than that one God is a false God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your, your question and always your call. Brother Gary. Thank you. All right. Well, it's t time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. Uh, we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And once again, we just want to thank you and validate all of you who have been praying for this ministry. It is a prayer-driven ministry. We know that your prayers are keeping us going all the time. And so we thank you for those prayers. And we also want to thank those of you who have been so generous and have given so much of your resources to Contending for the Faith, that you partnered with us financially to keep this program on the air. And so we we can't thank you enough, and we appreciate your prayers as we appreciate your financial giving. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address your check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. And once again, as I said earlier, the second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. Can't go wrong. And we just want to once again thank you for your prayers and thank you for your giving. All right, Dr. Buckner, you know, it's it's interesting to me, the whole concept of cancel culture and I've noticed that the pendulum seems to be swinging kind of back toward the center. Finally, people are starting to come to their senses. And as you mentioned, uh, are awakened um, from all of this nonsense. But I have noticed that cancel culture tends to be very cannibalistic. They will eat their own. And nobody is truly safe. The ones that uh, are so adamant about canceling people often find themselves on the same end of the cancel stick because of something that they said, somehow they were misquoted, something that was dug up from a a tweet or a comment 20 years ago. And next thing you know, they're on the the, uh, radar as far as being canceled. So it is truly an unforgiving, no redemption, no forgiveness situation. Uh, that uh, we're, we're dealing with with this cancel culture, and uh, with maybe with uh, some of the things that you were talking about with uh, Sophia, maybe we can uh, talk about a little bit, a little bit more that we have some time now. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I appreciate you adding that too, because a lot of times what goes around comes around you there's an old expression you make your bed you can lie in it and there's yeah. a lot of people lying in it in, in so many different ways um you know so yeah and it's just a matter of time they will come for you you think mm-hmm. you're safe you think you're in the right camp and bam out of left left field here they are oh yes yes but I'm, I'm really praying and I'm, it, it looks like to me that the pendulum is swinging uh b- back toward the Toward center and people are waking up from their, their slumber regarding to the, the damage uh, that this has done. It reminds me of, you know, like you said, it's always been there. You think about how we went through McCarthyism, it was very similar mm-hmm. to, to this whole notion uh, 
it's except it's it's worse <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Sophia was bringing out some really good points about uh, you know how people are deifying mankind, mm-hmm. and we uh, wanted to extend this uh, to the level that you know where the Bible teaches in one God. And I think we got to get to the point where we can defend that because if we hear all of this stuff about people deifying so-and-so and so-and-so and this religion, this politician, this person, well, we always got to bring God's word into the equation. We got to always bring God's word into the situation and let the truth of God judge all things. And when we look at the word of God, the Bible is very clear from Genesis to Revelation that there is one God. You know, we see this in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He didn't say two, but one Lord. And then we find also in 1 Timothy 2 and 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So that's very clear. It says one God and one mediator. You don't have to be a great logician to figure that out. And then James 2 and 19, thou believest that there is one God. There's a word again, one God. Thou doest well. The demons also believe and tremble. So the Bible is very clear that there is only one God from Genesis to Revelation. And we need to know this and memorize these scriptures, get it in our heart so we can communicate it with people that are caught into a lot of foolishness. Now, the thing that I want to add to this as well, you know, when you study the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is like some scholars have called the book of Isaiah like an old gospel of John, because throughout Isaiah is... I am's all over the place. And then you have in the Gospel of John, I am's all over the place. You have in the Gospel of John over 23 different times the I am's are mentioned. The I am's is referring to Jesus as God. You remember he said in John 8 and 58, before Abraham was, ego in me, I am. So Isaiah uses this word I am all over the place too. And then he says, you know, he says that God is saying that he is, I am. And then he he comes behind it by saying, I am God, and besides me, there is no other. I mean, he's making it clear on that. And then when you couple that with Isaiah 43 and 10, mm-hmm. and this is what uh, cults, false religions, Hinduism, people in Hinduism believe in many different gods, they, they can't stand Isaiah 43 and 10. You know, he says, before me, there was no God for him, neither shall there be after me. So God puts, an, uh, you know, like a, he shuts the door on all of this stuff about people saying, you know, I'm going to become a God. I can become a God. I am a God. No, that's satanic because that's the trap of Satan going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Now, uh, just a few more points on this, that we don't stop with just saying, God is one God. Now, uh, let me clarify this too, and then I'll get into something else with that. 
we use a lot of these different terms in uh, theology like uh, monotheism. That's the belief in one God. So we see that Christianity teaches in one God, Judaism teaches in one God, and Islam. Now, what people have to understand about Islam, that a lot of people didn't know this, and they don't know this, that in Islam, uh, the early in uh, Medina, they had taught that, uh, that Allah, who is the God of Islam, had three daughters. And all of those three daughters in Medina, they taught that, that all the three daughters were gods. So that means that uh, Islam was into uh, polytheism as well. And so, and then there is another term uh, that is interesting is henotheism. Now, what is henotheism? Henotheism is the belief in one, people choose one God, but there are multitudes of them. So, you know, like in Mormonism, they have one God that is the mother God and the father God. And yet behind those mother and father God, there are a multitude of other gods, you know. So this is what some people have, uh, even in the field of philosophy, called infinite regression, where you go back and back. There's one God made that God, another God made that God. That's like the philosophy and teaching of uh, Mormonism, which is a false religion. Now, to add to that is this, uh, that when you talk about the one God, you got to go a step further. You got to demonstrate the validity and historicity and authenticity that that one God is called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now it's clear that there's one God, but that one God throughout Scripture, you don't have to be a great logician to figure this out. That one God is called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let me demonstrate that quickly to you. Uh, where is the Father called God? Where it says in Galatians 1 and 1 that God the Father raised him from the dead. And so it's clear that God the Father is called God with a capital G. And then uh, you have uh, in John 1 and 1 and verse 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So Jesus is also God and with a capital G. Not with a little g like Jehovah's Witnesses try to teach. And then you have the Holy Spirit being called God, John 4 and 24. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when you put all three distinct persons being called the one God, because the Bible is clear there's only one God. So if uh, the Father's called God, the Son is called God, the Holy Spirit is called God. That means that all three distinct persons in the Godhead are equal in nature, essence, and being. And it's not two gods, three gods, four gods. It's one God who is called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I have on, I have in my book on the Trinity that I do a PowerPoint in churches. I do a workshop and training in churches on this. I have the definition within the nature of the one true God. There are three eternal distinct persons who are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existence. 
That's the Trinity in a nutshell. And this one God called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, hopefully, those who are listening to this uh, has gotten blessed by it uh, because I'm doing this by memory uh, because I've been studying ministry for over 51 years and God has been good. I'm going to turn this over to Brother Gary and let him say a few words and knocking a home run. And uh, I trust that he'll say something to dovetail off of this and uh, bring it home. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's important for us to always be ready to give an answer, be prepared, be equipped. And that's what this ministry is all about. We want to encourage you tonight that as a Christian, you should be growing and equipping yourself so that you can give reasons and answers for your faith. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time. And we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue. With Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.